This is Dream Power Radio, the place where your dreams turn into reality. Here is your host, Debbie Spector Weissman. Hello, 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 and welcome to Dream Power Radio. This is a place where we talk about dreams, both daytime and nighttime dreams, and how you can use them to make the internal shift to a life you love and rediscover the truth of who you really are. One of the questions I'm asked about a lot is, how can I change my money script? Why? Well, let's take a look at where we are today. It helps paint a picture of why money dominates how so many of us think about our lives. For instance, most financial managers will say that you should spend no more than 30% of your income on housing. But if you take a look at recent statistics, you'll see that in most major cities, it can take up to 80 or even 90% of an average income to afford a house. With numbers like this, it's easy to see why we're all searching for ways to increase our financial fortunes sometimes just to deal with the necessities of life. And stress about money not only helps keep many of us up at night, it can also lead to illness, not to mention disruption and misery in couples' relationships. So what can we do? Well, one solution is to change our mindset about money. Well, it might be easier said than done, but my guest today has made it her mission to, as she puts it, unlock the flow of wealth into your life. Morgana Ray is an internationally known authority on our relationship with money and is the best-selling author of the book, Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic Manifestation. She's here now to tell us how to ease our money struggles and avoid the traps that can keep us from achieving the financial freedom we all want. Welcome to Dream Power Radio, Morgana. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. Oh, it is my pleasure. And it's such an important topic to talk about because Morgana, money issues can keep many of us feeling like failures and unable to believe we can ever aspire to live the lives that we really want to live. But why are some people destined to always have that struggle with money? Well, I think we have to go before the money circumstance because I have coached clients with nothing. And I've coached billionaires and there's drama everywhere along the spectrum. And I think that the reason money is such a sticky issue, especially, especially for us spiritual do-gooder types is money is more than just an abstract concept or idea. It's so deeply entwined in our ability to live our right to exist, all of our deepest human pains and wounds and questions about, am I lovable? Am I wanted? Am I valued? Am I worthy? Am I safe? It, does the universe even want me here? It all shows up in our relationship with money. Money money is like, my husband's a Kabbalist, so I'm going to yeah, go like way out here for a second. Money is sort of like the the in Kabbalah, the the notion of Bina, the dark mother, the limiter, the the yes and no, life and death. Money is just to put it, let's rein it back into like human terms. It's like every pain that maybe we had with parents, whenever they said, no, you can't have this, or if we felt safe or we felt unsafe, if we felt loved or felt unloved, it's like our parents were our very, very first imprint of money. Now, some of us had great parents, yay, yay for you. And then life happens, life happens and there's disappointment. 
There is our own shame of what we wish we had done better. There's the disappointments, the the broken friendships, the broken hearts, the the bad businesses, and every every disappointment is building up this dynamic that I would actually really say is our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with life itself that makes us deep down file away evidence that we are unlovable, that we are unworthy, that we are unsafe, that we are powerless. And every one of those wounds that are filed so meticulously by our subconscious shows up in our relationship with money. Now, I you can hear by the way I talk that I don't sound like a money coach or a financial planner. And you're right. I have been a life and business coach for almost 30 years. I've coached thousands and thousands of people. And I find that bar none, money is the number one excuse that human beings give for what we cannot have, do, or be. Now there's the really obvious stuff where it's like, I want to go to Switzerland, but money says I can't because I don't have the resources to get there. That's really obvious. But then I was coaching a billionaire a decade ago and his pain and sense of failure in life was his son. His son was not was just burning through money, buying Mercedes and leaving them burnt out in the desert, buying jets, really not becoming an adult. Because while the person I was coaching began in poverty and built this economic empire, his child did not. So money was ruining his relationship with his son and in a way poisoning his son's potential. So it, you know, it can show up in different ways and we can recite positive things about money. We can look at our list of negative beliefs and flip it around. And by the way, if that works, good, great, do that. It didn't work for me. It hasn't worked for my clients because the issues are deeper than our conscious awareness. Money is the symptom. Money lack of money, the the inequity of money, the the inequality of resources, the way it's used to pollute the planet, all of that is really real, real problems. We're not going to spiritually bypass that. But the root cause is being a human being is really insecure. And we try to compensate for that with money. That's why all of us, nothing is ever enough for them. So the solution that I found, the only thing in the world that worked for me. And I tried everything, everything. I'm like a law of attraction, wrap out failure. I had the vision boards and the mantras and and I, and I was living in Los Angeles and still making a hundred dollars a month. And that was with celebrity client testimonials, the website, the business cards, the brochures, the taglines, the public speaking, mountains of testimonials, half a dozen master coaching certifications and big deal. I was in LA struggling to make a hundred dollars a month and that was going to go away and the only it wasn't thing about the money it was the symptom of what was, and it was exactly and it wasn't even what i was doing like you can do everything right and by the way this is not just money you can do everything right looking for your soulmate or trying to lose weight or trying to overcome it you can do everything right and do and not get the results that you really, really desire and deserve. Because, and this has been like probably my biggest aha as a human being and as a coach. 
when you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, right? And you're doing it well and repeatedly and other people are getting great results and you're not, and you're feeling like you're singled out. I know what that's like. It has been my experience in my own life and coaching thousands of clients and seeing this pattern that you are very probably unconsciously protecting yourself from the very thing that you want to need. So in my case, I had no idea why would I know this? I had no idea, but I was actually protecting myself from money. And I did not know that until I had just a really bad disappointment after a lot of disappointments. And it was like this last one. I had I'd just taken this class in overcoming sales objections where they teach you the magic words. Great marketing copy, by the way, the magic words to say when somebody says, oh, I'd love to hire you, but I can't afford it or I don't have time or whatever. And I'm, I'm a really good student. I was hit by a car. I was in a coma. I had a traumatic brain injury. I couldn't sleep for two months and I still graduated high school as a national merit scholar. I don't recommend that path. But anyway, so I take, you know, I take this class on overcoming sales objections. Easy peasy. I apply. I apply the magic words to when people said, oh, I'd love to, but I can't for whatever reason. And seven people in a row said they would hire me over, I, over after I overcame their objections. The line is those seven people never showed up for a first coaching session and didn't pay me. And it was that seventh one that like broke my last vestige of hope after years of taking all the marketing classes, all the coaching classes, everything. And this was it. And I, I just literally was like, hope is our fuel. And I, and I was empty. And I, and I remember specifically being in the tiny bedroom of my tiny apartment that I could not afford because I lived in LA and I was making $100 a month living on debt, growing, growing debt, throwing more money at the problem. Oh, we'll take another class with the money I'm not making to continue to not make money. So if you've ever been on that track, you're not alone. Here's what changed everything for me for life. And That's this so was That's 2003 so in March. I wanted to die. I really did. I finally knew what I was here on earth to do and I was good at it and I loved it and I couldn't make a living at it no matter what. And I was frightened and I was furious and I felt rejected by the universe and I hated the universe back and I didn't want to play. I just didn't want to be here anymore. That was, I was, that was the depth of my despair feeling so thoroughly rejected by life that what was the point? Anybody who's, been in that spot. I know what it's like. And I screamed and I cried and I raged and I wailed until I was empty. And I had this thought when I cried myself out, I, it was a question, which was like, what is it inside me that can't be with money? Because it just on paper didn't make sense. I had the education, I had the certifications, I had the results, something was weird. And for the first time I had that thought, what is inside of me that can't be with money? And I found out the next day, I had another session with my coach, don't have money for rent, but I had a coach, which is insane. And it saved my life. 
And this lovely coach, we had actually graduated at the same time. He was a peer, but he was rocking it in his business and I trusted him. And for months I was doing everything he suggested and I would do it and it didn't work and it wasn't his fault. But on this day I show up and I'm so miserable and I'm so angry and I'm so hopeless. And he asked me this weird, freaky, out of left field question that I had never heard anybody ask before. Which was? I don't know. I'm getting there. I, I don't know where it came from. He said, if your money was a person, who would your money be? And instantly, I saw a guy, a made-up imaginary guy. And this guy was this big, scary, dirty, violent biker dude. Nothing wrong with bikers. This one was really, really bad. Bald, long sideburns. It's just, he scared me because he just exuded such malice towards me. He was a bad guy. He got in the way of love. He was violent. He was dangerous. And in that moment, it all suddenly made total sense to me because I could feel the way I was like, oh, got it. Like, he's going to kill me. I could feel it. Did, and did I could you feel, feel Did you feel that money was evil? I never felt that money was evil as an abstract concept. But when I made it a person, it became very real. And it also, I could feel how my body was shrinking away and how... I would have my eye on him. If I were at like some outdoor event, I would have my eye on him all the time to create maximum distance. And that was my light bulb moment. Aha, oh my God. No matter what I did to make money and bring it in my life, every cell in my being was creating distance between me and money for my own safety. And looking at that guy, it made sense. There was no way that I could have money in my life or would want money in my life if it was this particular person who wanted to kill me and he felt so real. And I had to end that relationship. I knew there was no way to have money in my life if that was my money. He wasn't going to change. He was dangerous. So I had to get rid of, I had to end that relationship completely. Yay. But I live in LA and now I have no relationship with money. Not a good thing. So I had a new problem, which was, okay, so the, the biker is gone. And I could feel this like vacancy, this emptiness around me. Let me just where how, how did you get rid of the biker? I mean, was it just a matter of saying I'm rid of it? I mean, it's just. Well, that's actually, that's a very good question. So at that time, because I didn't know then what I know now, at that time, I just broke up with him. That is totally not what I coach or teach or recommend today. Now, I strongly encourage you to annihilate the monster. And this is really tricky because my tribe is love and light with a heavy dose of vegan nonviolence. Those are my peeps. I get it. And what it really comes down to is when you really do the work, you really uncover the wound. That's step one is the root cause and cover the root cause of why you push money away. Then step number two is you give it personhood and you meet the monster and it feels really real and all bad. Can't be you, can't be your parents because there's nothing good. And I all, and if it's going to be a real person, somebody's not actually in your life because in step number three, I say annihilate it, obliterate it, leave no bloody bits to reconstitute as some like 
monster zombie to back. It really comes down to this monster allowed to continue to its logical conclusion will destroy you. It's a question of who gets to survive. My mother was big into Highlander back in the 1980s. And there was this saying, there can only be one. There can only be one. Choose yourself. When you choose to destroy this monster, put into the monster everything, everything that you never want to carry forward in your life experience, everything in the world that you don't want in the world, whether it's animal abuse or pollution or sexism or racism, put all of that in with all the personal stuff and then just reject it in the most dramatic way that you can imagine Use like spiritual archetypes like Kali or Durga or Archangel Michael or whatever floats your boat. There's something very sacred about this. Thou shall not pass, you know, to get on Monty Python. Yeah, right? do, do you recommend doing things like, like writing all this stuff down and burning it? I say ever works for you. Whatever works for you. I like to speak it out. My poor husband has to just sit there and listen and not say a word. Sometimes the stuff that we bring up is so scary or the monster is so scary that it can actually help to have a human being who does not say a word, does not interfere, does not minimize anything, does not make you feel better, but just as a witness so that when you slay the monster, it's like you have a path back. So the first three steps, there are six steps. I call the process financial alchemy. The keyword here is alchemy because you can apply it to love or health. And I have miraculous results there too. Right. But people know me for money. So alchemy is the transmutation of lead into gold. So unlike, say, of attraction where it's all high vibes, here we're going to actually, we are creating polarity. And, and the farther you go into the lead, the human leaden experience, it's like a slingshot and it creates this tension and this leverage that will catapult you to the opposite. So when the monster is gone, remember, yay, I got rid of my monster. Holy heck, I live in LA and I have no relationship with money. Now what? what happens after that but we have to take a short okay. break now we are speaking all about money with morgana ray actually and we'll be right back when is a car not a car when it shows up in your dreams cars are one of the most common dream symbols if you don't know why you're dreaming about cars or any image it can leave you confused or scared but that dream could be a solution to a pressing problem or an insight into a solution that's been bugging you for years Go to my website and sign up for a complimentary discovery session, and I'll help you understand why a dream is a terrible thing to waste. Go to thedreamcoach.net for more information. Welcome back to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman. Yes, welcome back to Dream Power Radio. I'm your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman, and we're talking about how to create wealth in your life with Morgana Ray. Well, Morgana, you talked about six steps toward financial alchemy, and you talked about the first three and getting rid of that that monster. What happens once you get rid of the monster, and so now you have nothing? Well, now's the fun part, and there really is a fun part. So you have slayed the money monster, yay you, 
and you've rejected everything that does not deserve or is wanted in your life experience moving forward. So now you have this emptiness. And by the way, that's how you check. Like when you slay the monster, just check, see if there's any traces left. And if there's a trace left, just create a little mini monster and blow that up. Because what I want is a sense of difference. Like you will feel different than you've ever felt before because you've had that old, mean, soul-crushing, you're not good enough relationship with money and limitation your whole life. So when it's gone, it's going to feel different. It may feel light. It may feel expansive. It may feel a little scary, or you might even have a little grief, all of which is great. It's just different. Yay, you, you did it. Now we move on to the fun hack, where now you get to meet your new relationship with money, which is what I call the money honey. And in fact, I didn't make that up. I was teaching this to a workshop of coaches in 2015. And one of the participants just jumped up and talked about her money, honey, and I've kept it ever since. So actually 2005, I don't know what I said. I've been doing this a long time and I'm just not good at keeping track of dates. So I got rid of my monster, yay. And now I had no relationship with money at all, yikes. Because I live in LA and I knew I needed one. We'd have one, but we want to make it one that we want to have. Like if I were to say to you, Debbie, you ruined my life. You caused all the worst things in the world. And I'm only in a relationship with you because I have to be. How would that make you feel? Oh, right. You wouldn't want to stay around. Yeah, that's a monster relationship. So that's gone. That's in the past. So now we want one that feels completely different. So here I am. I got rid of the monster and I didn't want to get into that again. Like if you've ever had a, a bad breakup, you know, you don't want that again. So I felt that way. And so I asked myself, well, who could I want in my life so much, so much that I would want this person, even if it was money, it had to feel that safe and that yummy for me to have money in my life. And when I asked that question again, and by the way, I'm terrible at visualization. Like if you ask me to think about sitting by a river, I will spend 45 minutes trying to figure out which, which river. But because I was in so such a heightened emotional state, which is why it doesn't work as an intellectual exercise, you really need to emotionally engage. Because I was already like the monster had been so bad and it was so gone. When I asked myself that question, who could I want so much? The new person just showed up ready-made as if he had always been in my life and had always wanted to be with me. And I kept pushing him away for the biker dude, breaking his heart. So here's this new person who is tall, dark, handsome, romantic, clean cut, dressed to the nines in a tuxedo, showing up with a bouquet of red flowers to woo me, cute, loving, and in love with me. Whoa. Can you imagine money in love with you, wanting to be with you, wanting to woo you? That's step number four is meeting your money, honey. And it, it starts with the love. The cash follows the relationship change. So it wasn't anything like, what have you done for me lately or do this for me? It was like, wow, you're such a beautiful person and you love me and I don't want to break your heart anymore. And yeah, I like you. And I could feel how much he wanted to be with me. And the, I realized in that moment, oh my God, I have no idea how to let money be with me. So I asked him that step number five, have a conversation with your new money, honey. And then step number six is action. Action 
physical action is magical. So I made a commitment to my money, honey, that next time he brought me a gift, instead of going, and this is what it used to look like. Somebody would ask me, what do you charge? And I'd freak out and I'd go, ah, eh, eh, like, you know, pay no attention to that stinky, embarrassing, humiliating, shameful monster in the background, right? Totally rejecting him. But I made a promise that next time he brought me a gift, which usually would look like someone who wanted to hire me, I would say thank you. So the punchline is four people contacted me within 24 hours wanting to hire me. And they hired me for double what I had ever charged before in my life. And within six months, I had such a waiting list. I started groups. I wrote my book. I have made millions of dollars since then. And I'm the person who is struggling to make $100 a month. And, and do you think that you got that success because you were free in your own mind, in your own heart to just say, I'm worth X amount of dollars and I'm going to charge that? Close. It was really... I'm a romantic codependent fool. So I used my romantic codependent superpowers as a relationship partner, because what I think about my worth is going to go all over the place day to day. I will forget how good I am. I, whatever, I will, I still have nonsense in my head, but if I have a commitment to be in integrity and to be a good relationship partner, my money, honey, and I will have conversations about what to charge. I will make commitments to him and to be a good person and be a trustworthy relationship partner. I will keep my commitments and practice, practice letting people hire me in the first time after I changed my relationship with money, every Everything in my neurology wanted me to talk the person out of giving me the money. It was crazy to like observe myself, like watching a car crash. And I had to bite my tongue and sit on my hands and shut up and allow them to give me money. And then a few hours later, I did it again. And then a few hours later, I was just a little bit better at it. Now people pay me $60,000, $70,000, right? But at that time, to ask for $200 was a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And that's how it starts, is you just keep negotiating and negotiating, and you stay in integrity. There are people built like you and me, because we are the do-gooders, we are the empaths, we are the bleeding hearts. We have such a very, very strong compulsion to do no harm that we can't charge more than the value that we give. So one of the happy growth experiences of raising your rates is it raises your own skin in the game to make sure that you over deliver for the client, no matter what you're charging. So you get better at what you deliver. You, you produce better results. You have to up your game and grow too. Mm -hmm. And it works like that and it just develops. So many people have benefited from your advice. So can you give me a few examples of what happened when they transformed their attitudes about money? It's funny because you talk about mindset and I like to say heart set because it's such a relational piece and the mind will always follow the heart. Oh, many, so many stories. Okay. There was a, a woman named Lynn Swanson, her whole story's on my website. And when she slayed her money monster, her new money honey 
showed up looking like John Travolta in the white suit from Saturday Night Fever. And she, being a very reasonable person, thought that that was ridiculous and tried to have him wear something else. And he kept popping back in in the white suit because it was if he it was as if he was his own person and he had a sense of humor. So she was in a terrible situation. By the way, being in financial anxiety is actually gives you an advantage in the process because it's so much easier to access the money monster when you're in drama, right? So she was in a situation where none of the people she had served, none of her clients had paid her and she couldn't make payroll for her own employees that week. And so she was completely freaked out. So she slayed her monster. Now she has this money, honey. And he looks like John Travolta and he's delicious and he's real. And she asked him, now what should I do? Step number six, to demonstrate that this relationship has changed. What do you want me to do? And he said, oh, I want you to move a little bit of money from this bank account to that bank account. Which, by the way, solves nothing. But he was so clear that that's what he wanted her to do. By the And by the way, I love all of this because I love things when they don't make sense and they work out. That's where it's coming from a different place. So she keeps her commitment. She goes to the bank. She transfers the money from one account to another. She hops in the car, turns on the radio, and the Bee Gees are playing. Right? Cool. And then she stopped at a coffee shop on her way home to pick up or to be, on her way back to the office to pick up coffee for, for people in her office. And while she's standing in line, she's checking her smartphone like we all do. And she gets an email from a client that they invoiced that day for a large five-figure amount, 10000 or more. And he emailed their office immediately that he was paying the full amount that day, even though it wasn't due for another 45 days. And that amount paid, covered her, her payroll, covered her debts and left over some. And she looked at the timestamp on the bank deposit slip and on the email. And the difference was two minutes. It was, it was, it was there. It was meant to be. You know, I have so many more questions to ask you, but we are just about out of time. So my final one to you is how can people find out about you and your work? Oh, thank you. Go to MorganaRay.com. That's the mothership for everything. It's just my name, which is one word, .com. And there you will find my four-part money magnetic video series completely free. You can take my money love quiz and see where you are on your journey. We're all on the same journey to financial freedom, to focus completely on love, lifestyle, and legacy. And you take the quiz and based on where you are, I'll make some recommendations for next steps. I always include free stuff. And you will also find my best-selling book there, Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation. So the blog has hundreds of answered questions through articles and videos. But I would start with the video series because it's more curated and you won't get lost down rabbit holes before you find what you want. Oh, well, Morgana, thank you so much for being on Dream Power Radio today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, we've been speaking with the money goddess, Morgana Ray. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. If so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Until next time, this is Debbie Spector Weissman saying, sweet dreams, everybody. 
You've been listening to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector Weissman. For more information on Debbie or to sign up for her newsletter, go to dreampowerradio.com. This has been Dream Power Radio.